Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, July 24th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and the hot topic issues in the New York Tri-State area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Ben Oppenheimer. And I'm Jaya Joyce. And here's what's going on around the city. Staten Island is joining New Jersey in its lawsuit against New York's recently approved congestion pricing plan. Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasella announced the lawsuit today, but with one distinction from New Jersey, Staten Island's suit will go after the MTA, not the Federal Highway Commission. New York's congestion pricing plan is set to charge drivers who enter south of 60th Street in Manhattan a fee of up to $23 for rush hour and $17 during off-peak hours. Fasella says that the current plan would lead to more traffic going through his borough, which will worsen Staten Island's air quality. The MTA has responded to the lawsuit, saying their assessment of the new plan took every conceivable environmental and social effect into account. New York City tourists may have a tougher time booking a place to stay. That's because of a new anti-Airbnb law that will allow landlords to register addresses on a prohibited building list. The city actually already has a ban on the books for short-term rentals. Under city law, tenants aren't allowed to rent out their full apartments for less than 30 days without getting a permit from the mayor's office. But this new list will help the city and services like Airbnb manage the short-term rental market. There's currently over 8,700 buildings on the list. City lawmakers think there could be around 10,000 apartments that do short-term leases illegally under city laws. The list is set to go live September 5th. Throughout the summer, New York City has been struggling with poor air quality from wildfires up north. So WFUV's Isabel Danza sat down with Fordham professor Stephen Holler to discuss the hazy conditions around the city and future climate events in New York. Could you start by kind of explaining what happened at the start of June that caused kind of that orange haze over New York City? There were wildfires on the east, uh, the eastern end of Canada that uh, the smoke and particulate matter from those fires blew down into the eastern uh, U.S. I heard a lot about what New York looked like in terms of the orange haze, but this was an event in Canada. So what was kind of going on in Canada? I imagine it probably looked the same. I hadn't seen any pictures from Ottawa, mm-hmm. but I did see um, I, I did see the orange haze in New York. Uh, and I did look at the air quality sensors, the network that we're part of, and I saw that the pollution that was blowing down was actually going as far south as Georgia. Um, so all this particular matter, all this smoke, um, was creating this, this deep haze in the, uh, in the atmosphere that was scattering the light or making it very difficult for that light to, uh, to come through. And so it gave off this orange appearance. Have clients, scientists kind of been looking into this type of effect? And was it something that was kind of predicted to happen? Or was this no one knew it was going to happen? No, we, we've known that this kind of event uh, is, uh, is very likely to happen. There, is, there, there has been an abundance of, of fires in uh, in the southwest U.S., um, the areas dry out, uh, the precipitation uh, patterns change, uh, forests dry out, and they just become more susceptible to, uh, to forest fires, whether either naturally caused or through uh, some other event. Are events like this expected to continue to happen? Uh, as, as the planet continues to warm, right, as we, we face and, and tackle the challenges, of climate change and global warming, 
the, there are areas that will dry out. They will become more susceptible. I think it was unusual that the east, uh, the eastern side of Canada was on fire. Uh, usually we think of forest fires, they're out on the west coast. We see them in California, um, Arizona, New Mexico, out in the southwest, um, <clears throat> even in the, the western side of Canada. But this was an unusual event, I think, uh, in terms of its location uh, and certainly its size uh, and the extent of its uh, the, the particulates, the smoke that came from them uh, was pretty widespread. Could you elaborate a little bit on why this location was unique? Why don't these types of events tend to happen on the East Coast as much? I think the the East Coast tends to see more rain in the summertime uh, mm-hmm. in this event. The West Coast tends to be pretty dry during the summer. Uh, the rainy season starts um, in the fall, maybe October or so, uh, and runs through early in the year. Uh, whereas the East Coast, we tend to have uh, more consistent precipitation, especially um, especially in the spring months. Right, as we look at April, May, June, uh, there are very often uh, lots of an abundance of rain. As kind of climate change progresses and more places get dried out, is it more likely that these events will continue or happen more frequently on the East Coast too? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's highly likely. Um, as we as we dry out, as uh, these forested areas um, become more flammable, in a sense, uh, then yeah, we will see these events, and they will reduce. They'll reduce uh, re- release uh, large amounts of particulates, which are going to have a significant health impact to uh, to people, especially those with respiratory disease, but. Um, the the levels that we're seeing actually were were harmful to uh, the population in general. That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis talking to Dr. Stephen Holler about New York City's air quality. Twitter's iconic bird logo may have seen its final days. That's at the request of Elon Musk, who unveiled a new black and white X logo as part of his ongoing rebrand for the platform. The new logo already started appearing on the desktop version of Twitter today, but mobile users may still see the old logo on their phones for the time being. Movie theaters saw record crowds this past weekend to celebrate the release of Barbenheimer. Or at least that's what fans dubbed the simultaneous release of two of the summer's most highly anticipated blockbusters, Greta Gerwig's Barbie and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Both films smashed records at the box office, boasting $235 million in ticket sales in the first weekend, as well as tons of critical acclaim. And for the real cinephiles, seeing Oppenheimer might have even involved crossing state lines. Tickets at the 19 theaters across the U.S. showing the movie in its optimal 70mm IMAX form sold out quickly. Calling all foodies. Today marks the return of New York City Restaurant Week, or should I say month. It'll run until August 20th with over 500 participating businesses throughout the five boroughs. Restaurants will be offering special discounted prefix menus. For a full list, visit nyctourism.com. Happy dining! Billy Joel will play his 92nd monthly performance at Madison Square Garden tonight. The Piano Man has played the venue close to 140 times, but the Icon's residency at MSG will end next summer after 10 years of shows. And on this day in 1982, Survivor started a six-week run on top of the charts with its hit song, Eye of the Tiger.
The song was originally recorded for the movie Rocky III. It also was personally commissioned by Sylvester Stallone after Queen denied him permission to use Another One Bites the Dust. And beyond its chart-topping success, the song went on to win a Grammy for Best Rock Performance. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUV.org news and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ben Oppenheimer. And I'm Jaya Joyce. And that's What's What.